welcome to Dishing with Patricia. I have a special guest today. Her name is Lucinda Duncalf. Lucinda is the CEO of Above Board, an exclusive platform for executive hiring, correct? Right. Welcome, Lucinda. It's good to see to so, meet you. We that's right. You and I are just meeting for the first time. Yes. It's such a pleasure. It's my pleasure. Um, last week, Lucinda called me, um, and she was Lucinda lives in New York. And um, she was on her way, she was out on a walk, and I could hear the excitement in her voice, just being out to be able to be oh, out and about. And um, we talked about food and we talked about some other things. But most important, I, was, I could feel me smiling through the phone because I'm, I'm just excited to have you here. So, Well, I thank really, you, I'm so pleased to be here. Well, thank you. So how I come to know Lucinda is through my husband, Bruce. So can you tell me a little bit about how you met Bruce and bringing us forward to where we are today? Sure, this is a long story. I feel it makes me feel a little old, to be honest with you. So I was just reminiscing with Bruce. We met when I was just getting out of college. So it was sometime in the mid-80s, and I was living in West Philadelphia. Yes. And there was a, a, a Japanese karate dojo on, West 40, on 46th Street. And I used to walk by all the time, and I went, used a laundromat across the street. She used to watch in the window and see what was happening. So I ended up uh, joining and have been literally, till today, been practicing martial arts. And Bruce was at that dojo. So the specific story I wanted to share yeah. is, so it's a very traditional, this dojo is a very traditional approach, very Japanese, it's very measured. It's not like you go to some of these more um, commercial ones where like you pay a certain amount, you get a belt. You had to work and it was a long process. And you finally get to be a black belt, which you think is this big achievement. You think you've arrived. Well, you come to find out that you have just begun the path at that point, but you're sort of full of yourself. So I show up at the first class with my new black belt on, and I'm all the way down at the end because you stand in line in the order of your seniority. So the most senior person is on one end and the most junior's on the other. I'm a new black belt, I'm the most junior of the black belts. Wow. Bruce was number one. So Bruce is all the way at the front, near the people watching and all the rest of it. And the, the instructor that night, who was a dear friend of ours, Mr. Johnson, said, okay, we're gonna pair up now. And the way we paired up was we took the most junior person and wrapped the line around. So here I am standing with Bruce. And I'm, you know, I'm whatever I was, 25 maybe or four or something. And I was a beanpole, I didn't weigh anything. And the, uh, Mr. Johnson says, we're going to do what's called one step sparring, which means you just step in one attack and the other person defends you. So I step in and Bruce sweeps me, takes my feet right out underneath me. I go up like a cartoon. You go up horizontal, you're like this, you know, with the floor. I'm dropping, he grabbed me by my gi. You know, you wear those white, heavy yeah, uniforms. Yeah. He grabs me by my gi and puts me back on my feet. <laughs> okay, so getting the next one is we're gonna punch Chudan. So I punch to the face, now I'm gonna punch it. What happens? I step in, I punch to the stomach. What does Bruce do? Sweeps me again. I'm horizontally grabs me over and over and over again. So when Bruce, when Bruce, when we all reconnected, whenever that was, six months or so ago, that's what immediately came to my mind was that half hour of my life when you get taught 
and it's very specific, right? There's a reason that that's done. As you are taught, what he was showing me was, congratulations, now you're ready to start to learn. It's not a destination, it's actually the beginning. So that's, so that's a little bit, and we ended up, you know, there was a very, um, it was a very special time and place, that school in that era. It was really something very special, and we were part of that, and so I think when you go through those sort of experiences in life with people, yes. Even we've talked, you know, we talk every five years or something in between, but you always feel this connection with those people that you went through that kind of experience with. Well, those lessons, how did you transfer those lessons into business? Oh. Because Bruce says that Lucinda is what you call a serial entrepreneur business person. So tell me, what did you take from those life lessons? Because Bruce often mentions some of the lessons that he learned from karate that has helped him in his life. So tell me, how did you transcend? We could do a whole show about this okay. topic, but I will, I will t say two things. First of all, yes, so when you say serial entrepreneur, serial with an S, um, what that means is that I've done this over and over again. Yeah. So Above Board is my sixth company, backed by venture capitalists, so outside professional investors who invest in my companies. I grow them and then we sell them, with the goal being to make money for, for the investors as well as um, for ourselves and add Correct. value for clients and all the rest. And so one of the things, it's actually the same deal, is that I think when you shift your mindset to the journey rather than the destination, it's exactly the same. So you don't get a black belt and stop. You get a black belt and that prepares you for the next degree and the next degree and the next degree in the same way, if, you, if I build a company and sell it successfully, to me that's just a step along the way. It's directly analogous. And then the second thing I'd say is very concrete. So I was actually working for a San Francisco-based startup during this era when um, that happened. I was working in Philadelphia, but the company was based in, in San Francisco. And they wanted me to move to New York. And I'm from New York, I live in New York now. I wanted to go to New York, but I was like, it's expensive to live in New York. So I now get in this, I'm young, this is 25 maybe, and um, you get in this negotiation. And one of the things very concretely you learn when you study martial arts is, in, in Shotokan, which is the style we learn in particular, it's one blow, one punch, one death. So when you attack, you attack with the whole of your spirit, of your body. You don't hold anything back. Because the reality is, when you go towards somebody to attack, you're opening yourself up. It's a moment of vulnerability. Yeah. So if you're going to make yourself vulnerable, <laughs> you better give it your all to be successful, right? Otherwise, don't go. Yeah. So we're in this negotiation, and this was a lesson, a concrete lesson I was learning at that time. It's hard to make yourself do that because you're afraid you're gonna get hit, right? Right? It's that very natural fear, so you're learning to overcome that fear. So I have this negotiation, and I had a number that I thought it was gonna cost me to live in New York. And so they came and said, we're gonna give you a raise of whatever it was, and I said, well, that's not gonna work. I need X dollars. And I'm some little you know, assistant, associate, whatever. And they were like, no, we're not gonna give you that. And I said, well, okay. Bye. There's no problem. And then the, my manager's manager called and said, no, really, we want you to move to New York. Will you do this? And I said, I would love to do it, right? I'm from there. I want to be back. I would love to do that, but I need to make X. And they came back and said whatever it was, less than X. And I said, I don't, I don't know what 
like, you're not understanding. I need this. And in the end, that's what happened. Ended up, I had to go all the way up to CFO, and the CFO was like, oh, you're really serious. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm not. That's what it is. It is what it is. So there are, I could literally talk for 10 hours about this, but there's a couple of very concrete examples. When you start out, you, you have a business concept. Mm -hmm. So how do you take that business concept into actually starting a business and then getting funding? Mm -hmm. So this is probably the question I get asked the most by people who haven't done this before. And it's going to sound um, silly almost, but the answer is you just do it. So like, there's nothing that's going to happen. I'll see people, um, you have to have a bias to action. Mm -hmm. You have to actually do something. Yes. So you've done, I know, a good amount of philanthropic, right? Yes. Sort of um, activities that most people go like, wait, you're going to do something in Ghana? How? Who do you know? What? Yes. What do you do? You just start. You make a phone call. You know, you call, so you find someone on the internet. And you send them an email. You literally just start. That's really? how you start. And then the reality is your idea is going to meet the market and you are going to find out you're wrong every time, 100% of the time. You might be, you know, hopefully you generally have some right things, but you're going to be wrong. So the idea is that you go to market, you try to invest the minimum you can, right? So any, right, any way you can manage to do something, um, without spending any money or time, you do, in order to get the market feedback. Then the market says to you, oh, well, the way you have this is wrong, the way you have this is right, and that directs what it is you do. Once you have actually shown that it works, that's when you can go get outside money. So people tend to think, I need to have the product built. No, you don't. Because everybody knows you can build the product, especially I do software, right? So you can, you can program the computer. That's going to be okay. What they want to see is you're, you have a business. There's demand. Somebody will pay you for what you're doing. That's the, that's the trick. So it's, yes, you start with a concept, but then as fast as you can, you try to get someone to buy it, basically, as a customer, right? Sell the idea, and then that's when the funding comes. Wow. So... From the beginning, so you have your concept. Mm -hmm. You now started the business. Typically, what is the length of time before you can then seek to go out and get some type of financing? Also, we know that being a woman, being a woman of color, the odds are against us. Oh, well, for the kind of world I live in, the venture capital world, which now people are more aware of, when I started nobody, it wasn't as common, people didn't know that, right? So this is the way companies like Facebook and Google and all these kind of companies get started. Um, today, it's something like two and a half percent of the companies that are funded by venture capitalists are run, founded and run by women. Yes. Women of color, I guarantee you, is not even measurable. Right. Right, it's like, you know, 50 in a year or something. I think that the reality, that said, the way I've always approached that is I just ignore that fact because I can't do anything about that, right? That's their, I can't, I can't do anything about that. So why am I going to focus on that? It's like driving a car. If I'm watching the squirrel, I'm going to take cars going off with a squirrel. Right. I'm keeping my eye on what I'm trying to do. And if I have to do 50 times as many meetings, I'm going to do 50 times as many meetings. And I think the reality is that's that, I mean, that's terrible. And what I'm doing now is trying to change that fact. 
But when you're the individual, I talk with so many um, entrepreneurs who are women or people of color, and they get so hung up on, I'm not raising money because of that. Well, like, okay, yes, that's true. You're not. Focusing on that is not going to change that. You need to figure out how, what you can do in order to make, your, make yourself successful. So time-wise, you ask like how long it takes. There isn't really, Patricia, there's not like a specific time. It's more about, we think about um, milestones. So it's, as I said earlier, like do you have something that you can try to sell? Are people actually buying it? If, right, so there's sort of very specific hurdles for different kinds of investors, and the reality is usually it starts with some kind of friends and family. Okay. It, starts with you put it, it starts with you quitting your job. It starts with you putting your whatever website software right. on your credit card. Right. It, that's usually where it starts. Um, the lucky thing, what happens over time, and I've been so blessed and lucky in this way, is as you have have done right by people, and sometimes that's making money, but not always, that's not the only way. If people feel like you approach something well, yes. and you were honest and had integrity and all that, they will give you money for the next time. So the ne it's always easier so the far you our, go it, along. It's the tip, same, same type of people giving you each time. Um, Usually, not true this time. So above board, yes, can I talk about above board a second? Yes, please, I want to talk about it. So I thought I had retired. I really genuinely thought I had retired. And I was doing one of the things, so for a, in a profession like mine, what usually happens is you get to a certain age and the, these kind of companies are, are very stressful to run. Right? It's very, the, very, the pace is very fast, the stakes are very high, it's very public, and so people get tired. And so usually what they do is sometime, you know, in my late 50s, sometime around there, people will stop and they go and they do work on boards, they invest in other people's yeah. companies, they do like a mishmash thing. I totally thought I was doing that. And I, as part of that, I was working with a company that's a retained executive search firm called True Search. The, what that is, and I need to explain, and this is for anyone in business, I think this is, in the world, it's good for people to know how this works. Yeah. Nobody knows how this works. This is like the stuff that they don't tell you. If a company is going to hire a senior executive or put someone on their board of directors, they have two ways that they do this. They either just use their networks. Yeah. So I call Bruce, because I know Bruce knows people, and I say, hey, Bruce, who do you know who whatever, right? Now, it happens that I'm white and Bruce is black. That's atypical, right? Normally the person I would call would be white because I'm white and so I know all white people, right? So I'm working my own network. If I can't, and that's free, right? I'm doing that, I'm leveraging my relationships. If, I'm not do, if, if that doesn't work, I then will hire a retained executive search firm. These are firms, they're professional service firms. All they do is find executives. They get paid a lot. They get paid a third of a year's compensation for that executive. It's a lot. So if an executive at a big company is making $450,000 a year, they're getting paid $150,000 to do that. How do they do it? They cultivate their own networks. So they're, in fact, doing the same thing I was doing. It's just that it's all they do, right? Guess what? They're all white, mostly male. Who do they know? They know all other white men, Yes. right? So if we're trying to increase diversity, which, first of all, I think is the right thing. Yes. Second of all, I believe is good for, for the, the for the, and we know this, right? More innovative, better profitability, et cetera, et cetera. We have to break this model. Well, you're not going to 
you're not going to change this because humans are humans unless you change the model. So what above board does is I saw this opportunity, right? First of all, as a business person, how is it that my only options are nothing, that is do it myself, or full service, I have to pay you $150,000. Shouldn't there be something like more cost effective, maybe tech enabled? So that was one thing. And then once I realized, oh, and if we're gonna change this diversity thing, we have to do this, I ended up founding this company, Above Board. So I did it together with this company, True Search. Um, and what it is, is it's actually just like a jobs board. It's just like Indeed or one of these things where it's an online platform we have, the difference is that we have these board and executive opportunities. We have about 620 of them on the platform right now. And these have always been hidden. If you were an executive, there was no way to know these even existed. So our members are executives. It's free for them. Mm -hmm. We vet them to ensure that they're actually at the executive level. Correct. They come in and they can see all these opportunities and their, their presence is completely confidential. Right. And they can say, hey, I'm interested in this. Okay. And that's the sum total. And then our clients are the companies. So the companies get access to this pool of talent, right. which they don't have otherwise. They can't get to them. In, and it's more cost effective. So what is the percentage? You have um, males, females, Latinos. You have um, black people. Yep. Black so and our brown, focus, so it's, it's inclusive. Okay. Which means literally, if you're VP level plus, anybody can join. Of course, of course. All of our outbound and all of our marketing, all of our focus, if you go to our website, you'll see all the pictures are about um, black, Latin, X, and women. We don't focus on Asians. You know why? Asians are not underrepresented. Correct. So everything we focus on is underrepresented. The numbers are actually shocking. So in the um, executives today, 29% are women. Yep. 4%. Uh, are black and 8% are Latinx. Right. And so our goal is to have double those numbers. We're not there on women. We're, 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 we're positive on all of them. We're overrepresent to underrepresented. Um, but I'll be candid and say it's hard. So one of the reasons that I'm out doing anything I can do is to let people know please come join. It's free for members. If you are any person of color, female, LGBTQ, veteran, disabled, those, all of those folks. Can you please, give us your website, come. please? Because yeah. we'll have it's, it on our Oh, that's website. great. It's www.aboveboard.com. Just one word. Great. So, so senior executives, not only just, um, are there um, in the, are there any CEOs that are, are so you are Absolutely. also. Absolutely. Half of the people on the platform, there's 6,000 already. We launched the platform in October. We have 6,000 members already, and half of them are C-level. Wonderful, wonderful. So it's a very senior level group. So before you went to Above Board, you also were doing, um, let me see the name of the food. Real Food Real, Works. Yes, so because we're into this food. Is where we under, this is where we overlap. Yes, yes, This exactly. is my passion. So, but before we move to uh, about the food, is there anything else that you wanna share with us about Above Board that our audience would be interested in and that they should know before we then move on to Well, our... I just hope that they'll share it with anyone they know who it might work well for. Okay. You know, at the end of the day, really, I mean, I don't want to sound grandiose, but I believe we can change the world. Because I believe that 
first of all, capitalism does drive the world. Um, and so if, when we can make change inside companies, yeah. that makes change inside society. And I'm old enough to, be, um, to know that change comes easier from the top. Yeah. So if we can put diverse leadership in place, those people will make decisions that are better for society, that are better for the climate, et cetera. So we want, we want to basically be energizing a movement. I think what's going on in our world right now, particularly in the United States, we've had an opportunity to see what lack of diversity has done to our government and what's continuing to happen in our government. But now we are faced with, as we've just said, change. Nothing more than the pandemic. The pandemic brought about change. We no longer want to accept these things. So we need to change how we think, who we have as our CEOs of our company. Because as you say, it starts from the top and goes down. But change is also happening about our foods. Which it needs to happen as well. Yeah, and food is medicine. One of the premise of Classy and Essential Nutrition, which is my parent company, um, is supporting Dishing with Patricia to have our platform that we invite guests like yourself. Mm -hmm. We also want to have politicians. We had a community activist was my last one. He was mm -hmm. wonderful. We enjoyed him. But we need to bring about change, but we bring about change because you and I are talking. We're talking, we're communicating. And food is just part of it. So we need to make better choices about our foods, where our foods comes from, the environmental footprint of it. And I hate that, you know, you see these commercials and I tell, I said, that's cheap food. Yep. There's a reason that food is cheap. Exactly, exactly. So part of our job is to educate you so you can make better food choices. So tell me about your your endeavor of which your food company. So and my then, path is it was, still you got you sold it and it's still very yeah, profitable. No, it's not. It's all. It's all. It's we. It's a long story, but it doesn't exist. It doesn't unfortunately exist any longer. Okay, but tell it, us about it. It lasted for a good number. I don't know, seven years or something. Okay. So I watched. Have you seen the movie Forks Over Knives? Yeah. Fabulous yes. film. You're watching. If people are interested in this video cast, they would be interested in that movie. And I honestly, it's basically about what food does to its food is medicine. That's really what it's about, and how different kinds of food affects us. And and going into some of the politics about why. So I'm watching this movie, and there were all these studies cited in that movie of yes. like from Harvard and places like this. And I thought I was pretty knowledgeable about food before I saw this movie. And I'm It scares you. I didn't believe it. I was like, that can't be, that's not right. That can't be. How would I not know that? And so me being, I actually applied a lot of the entrepreneurial skills. And I started doing my own research. Right. And I came away thinking, oh, I am a pawn in in pharma and big foods game, and I do not like being a pawn, unknowing pawn in someone else's game. This is true. Yeah. I think this is true, but I wasn't 100% there yet, and so I decided to try it, and I changed overnight. I'm also kind of like that, right? I'm pretty disciplined. I'm an athlete. Like, okay, I'm going to eat a 100% plant-based diet. I was transformed. So I played basketball. Um, I played Division One basketball, played all through uh, high school, and my knees were shot. Between that and karate, shot. I was literally, so I was, how old was I? I was probably about 45, and I couldn't walk up 
upstairs, Patricia. I had to hold on to the balustrade no. and go up like an old lady. One, I couldn't even walk up and downstairs. Three weeks, pain's gone. I'm walking up and downstairs. Why? Because it's, right, all the inflammation's gone. That's right. And I thought, A, the politics of this just made me, made me ill, Yes. right? B, how, is, how can I not share this with people? Everybody needs to know this, right? And then, so I'm out there like a, like a smoker who quit, right? I'm telling all my <laughs> friends, yeah, and a couple of them I convinced, one of whom um, was on statins, super high cholesterol, another one was pre-diabetic. Gone. Everybody gets better. Now I'm like, okay, the whole world needs to see yeah. this. This is unbelievable. And that's where Real Food Works came out of, was applying my sort of tech entrepreneurial mindset to create a company, what we did was, um, and I think, I don't know, every, every, every failed entrepreneur says this, but I think I was just too early. Because no, I was going to say right now, I think be, that that would. Could, yeah, right, home delivery. So what we did was we used the excess capacity in restaurants and catering companies to produce plant-based meals to our specifications, which we delivered to people's homes. So you would sign up for a subscription, yeah. and you would get completely pre-made, ready-to-be-heated-up meals. Right. <laughs> and we had hundreds of customers. We started in Philly. And now, not just my friends, these customers were transformed. Transformed. It was unbelievable. Right? Weight loss, almost everybody loses weight. Again, diabetes, type 2 diabetes, literally cured, gone, completely gone. Heart disease, cholesterol rates dropping through the floor. We had people, more than one, who doctors didn't believe them. They thought the test results were wrong because their cholesterol rates right. dropped so low. Right. So that's what we did, and we were at it for quite a while. We built a tech platform, and all that worked. Actually, the city of Philadelphia supported us, and we just couldn't figure out how to get the customers. Right, right. back to my point about you got to sell it. We had this core base and they would stay, but we couldn't figure out how to find the people. It's too, I think one of the things about this sort of eating, it's less so now, but it still is. It, people, it's so foreign to people. It's, what I, people don't know how to eat. They don't. And that was part of my, part, Patricia, part of my theory of this was that I was going to teach people how to eat by feeding them. I'm very maternal, right? I like wanted to feed them. I wanted to I love feed them everybody. and nurture yes. them, yes. right? Yes. That's, it, you're expressing love that way. Yes. And what people learn, and they do, they would learn, they would go through a few weeks, and at first maybe it would taste funny to them, and then they'd say, well, how, how do I replicate? How do I do this? What is this? Right. right? And then you can, now there's an opening, and you can teach people like this. Right. How do you do this? Yes. How do you eat, and how do you, right? You feel great. It tastes great. It's you know, the cleanliness of your palate, right? And then you'll eat something. Uh, and I had one funny experience I'll share. So I was eating that way for, probably, I don't know, eight months maybe, six months, something like that, long enough that my system was cleaned out. Yes. And a friend of mine I had helped to get a job. And I was still in Philly then. He was in New York. I go up to New York, and he takes me out for this fabulous, amazing meal, right? And I ate not crazy, but I remember I had like a... Sole beurre blanc, this beautiful mm, piece of sole butter. I was sick as a dog <laughs> for a day and a half because my body was like, whoa, time out. We Where don't do this. Yes, yes. We don't do this. And what you don't realize is when you're eating a standard American diet, you actually feel that way all the time. Yes. You just don't know what it feels like to be energized. Correct. Correct. Right? Correct. I don't understand, but I do believe, as we said, 
the, what has happened in the pandemic, a lot of restaurants are no longer in existence. Yep. People are figuring out what to do. They are. They're, they're, they're cooking at home. Yes, more, which is great. yes, yes, yes. Yep. But the cost of food. We know that, uh, you know, I teach my clients and um, not my, my, my participants because classes. typically at my classes, I tell them to cook in the outer periphery of the market. Exactly. That used to be cost yep. savings. Uh, now. Yeah. Especially if you're trying to buy organic no, we're or talking, wild caught. Or yes, yesterday expensive. just to prepare and mentioning about preparing. Part of my platform is, is that I make a meal for my guests and you're my guest. So um, before we finish up today, Wait. yes, I'm going um, to make something for you. But I was shocked at um, yesterday, I wanted to get um, some dragon fruit mm -hmm. because we put things on display. Yeah, and they're beautiful. Uh, $7, $7. I bought some grapes. Yeah, the grapes were twelve dollars for a little. Crazy. Yeah, they were really, really, really ridiculous. But on the other hand, beans, grains, yeah. right? So there are parts of it that are still less. But you're right; it's it's work and it's not cheap. No, but on no. the other hand, it's your whole life. I, I believe that life. you have to make change because we want to live. Yeah. I mean, bottom line is we want to live, and you need to live healthy. That's it, because people will say to me, well, I don't want to live longer. So, well, you don't want to live unhealthy, miserable with whatever. I absolutely want to live longer, right. vibrant. Right. I would choose to live a shorter life if I'm healthy versus living a long life and you're not healthy. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening in our society. People are living longer because they are on high. Drugs. Because, you know, blood pressure medications and um, cholesterol, these are um, drugs that should be short term. Yeah, but people go on them for their whole lives. No, it's because they don't teach you how to eat. They don't tell you the right things that you need to do. They give you a pill, send you home and say, I want you to change your diet. To what? How? Before we go to my food segment, can you tell me anything else that you feel that is important that our audience should know about what you're doing now? You've given us your website and that it is important to have diversity in corporate America. Is there something else that you feel like that you, you need to share that I didn't I don't get? think so. I mean, I think that's the story and I just hope that people support us. I'm gonna make a couple of dishes for my guest. So I hope you guys stay tuned. I'll see you in a moment. To view the rest of our cooking segment and more, please visit ClassyEmmyCentralNutrition.com. We invite you to join us 